The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is the main event, Mark's podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Cat Dad, and I'm throwing out an open challenge for a thong stink face match. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the edge to my Christian for the benefit of those with flash photography, it's Greg. What's up, Greg? What's wrong with you? <laughs> what? The thong stink face match? Yeah. That was the, the hottest match on the card, man. For multiple reasons. Uh, no, it was terrible. <laughs> you don't say. You mean thong stink face match between the cat and Terry didn't draw the house? Come on now, I don't believe that. You know what's funny? One of my notes for that, I'm just going to give it away now. They had this similar match at WrestleMania a couple months prior. Yeah. Dude, also, I do pref- you know who's not doing this show or WrestleMania 2000? Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it, it has become a, a new staple on the podcast, I think, for the last two or three months. We have to preface certain things by saying, Vince Russo was not here. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> the main yeah, the main event storyline on this card seems right up his alley. Is that just me thinking that? Bro. It's like, bro, he's gonna kiss his wife and they're gonna fight over her, bro, because boobs. I I just feel like that's unfortunately a thing. <laughs> this is yeah. And then the like we mentioned As the Fong Stink Face match. Uh porno viewer, I'm entertained by this, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, bro, she's going to walk in on Triple H and he's going to have the girl bent over standing behind her, bro. Because, you know, that naturally comes up. Well, I mean, something naturally comes up in that situation. But either way. (laughs) I swear this show wasn't all bad. There was some good stuff on the show. However, there was quite a bit of good stuff on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I was so-so on it. I gave it like passing marks uh, when when I graded it at the end. So but we are. To, <laughs> wow. Uh, but some other good crap, pal, happened on this show. It was very much a uh, th- this era of WWE. I feel like well, it was as good as the SummerSlam we were at just now. Yeah, right. Uh, for those of you, this is uh, go go check out our our. Uh, videos on our tube of you and you know we posted and whatever uh we were at SummerSlam 2023 in detroit michigan and uh i'll just say we had a good time this SummerSlam went on pretty late but and ironically the I, one we're going to is going on pretty early <laughs> yeah right it's like actually i, I can't mean say the one we went to excuse me yeah right i i, I can't say this one went on late though august 27th that's about when they usually have it is towards the end of August. Last year was in July. Don't forget. Yeah, that was that one was weird. Like when you said it was in July, I'm like, okay, like, uh, cool, I guess. But uh, normally it goes on around uh, August twenty something ish. So 
This one's not too far off, but the last two years, man, have just been really early. Kind of glad this one's going on in uh, in August because I'm I'm booking up my weekends for for the summer, man. I'm actually getting out of the house and doing stuff. Or excuse me, I have booked up my weekends and it's all passed and whatever. We're not in the can that far. <laughs> but, oh hell no! Yeah, right. But either way, uh, this is this is going to be the second half of this year has been my travel year, get out of the house year, and all that stuff. So I'm I'm actually uh, trying to see new places and experience new things. And I've never been to Michigan until recently. Yeah, go blue. Uh, F that. I I normally would wear my Ohio State up, stuff up there just to troll, but uh, I don't trust Michigan. So I'm just going to leave it at home. I'm not even going to wear anything red. So I'm just putting that out now. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll stick to, uh, you know, non-gang related colors. How about that? I think I'll black you, and I'll white. I'll be covered with the, uh, the college uh, football attire, though. So I should wear a shirt that says I'm with stupid. No, well, I'm with daddy since that's what Michigan is to Ohio right now. You get a couple wins and you get a big head on your shoulders. It's your payback's coming. Wins. Payback's coming. Either way, uh, that's why I. I when when we were uh, on that l- long win streak there for a while, some guy tried to talk crap, and I'm like, "When was the last time Michigan beat us?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you didn't have to bring that up." I'm like, "You're talking crap. Of course I had to bring it up." I'm like, but when you keep losing, why are you talking crap? That's my thing. That's why I will say I hate Michigan, but I'm not crap talking like, "Oh, we're superior" or anything. Either way, let's forget about. Silly sports like football. We need to talk about the sport of kings. Real sports that are totally not predetermined or anything. Like wrestling. We're going to get into that after this break. But first, uh, I do want to thank the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. After this, 
It's news and notes, and strap yourself in, Greg, because it's a very WCW-heavy news segment. God, I wonder if it's going to talk about them potentially going out of business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they could turn the ship around. We don't know, Greg. Come on. Turn the ship around, go to the bottom of the sea, whatever. Yeah, right. They, uh, they're, I, I always like the Tony Schiavone line where he said uh, they were coughing on roller skates at this point. So <laughs> nobody wanted to be there. Oh, but this, the first story definitely involves it's it's very heavy with Vince Russo. And we'll get into some of the nutty crap that he said. But well, this is summer 2000. So, yeah, well, we got a couple months left. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and if anybody wants to rev- watch or excuse me, listen to. The review that we did of the WCW show this month, it was uh, New Blood Rising. That was this month, right? Or was that July? That was that was August. Okay. We replaced Hog Wild or Road Wild. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, bro, when they replaced Road Wild, I cried, bro. Tears of joy, bro. Yeah, right. We did review the last Road Wild ever. Uh, if you want to go check that out in 1999. Uh, <laughs> and we reviewed New Blood Rising now in the archives. Go check that out. Because anyway, we hate you. We're recommending these shows. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, our reviews are a lot better than the shows themselves. So I like to think. Uh, yeah. I've had I mean, a couple people tell me that, by the way. That's a bare well, hole myself. Yeah. Well, we actually like have fun with it. We joke around. We laugh at it. We're not taking it seriously. So, yeah. Uh, actually, well, having a life. <laughs> Actually having to watch this crap, though. But we'll get to it uh, after this break and uh, we'll bring in news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, Jr. It's just me. Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. 
And we're back. We're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Got anything to crack? Uh, what the uh, four o'clock somewhere? Put zero uh, uh, sugar thing. You drink it a day. It is zero sugar. It's sparkling ice, and I got yeah. it from the official sponsor of the name it marks the Dollar Tree. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I got something for you. There Old we time. go. It's a uh, diet Dr Pepper. Zero sugar, zero calories. There you go. Hey, Dr Pepper, you're my favorite. If you want to sponsor us, more power to you. Better than Pepsi, right? <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi filled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did want to say uh, how before we went into the break, we or I drove you through a few of the things in the archives from around this time period and other years. Uh, so the reason we do that is so you know what we have done in the past. You can go check it out. And I've actually had people tell me, a mutual friend of ours said, uh, well, I was listening to this show. You mentioned you did another show that I didn't know about, so I went and I listened to that. So there you go. That is why uh, we mention it. So, and you there's another tip that you have uh, archives. So, right. And some of the stuff we like, if we've already talked about some of this before, we might have went into more detail on a previous podcast, and we don't want to repeat ourselves. So we Let's might just send be real. You back. Let's just be real. Sometimes we just forget that we already talked about this. Yeah. And some of this comes back and it's like, oh, yeah, so go listen to us talking about it on there. <laughs> he did mention, though, that he, it was uh, Money in the Bank 2011, and he said some of our opinions did not age well on CM Punk uh, and AEW. Yeah, he was telling me that, too, <laughs> and I just forgot what it was, yeah. Right, because oh, okay. uh, he told me some of the stuff you and I both said, and I'm like, yeah. Our, if you listen to some of our current opinions, they don't always age gracefully, but... The old stuff. That's why we talk about retro, because this stuff is evergreen. But speaking of it, oh, I almost forgot. Since so before we get into the news and notes, that is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but we're about to talk. About, we're about to talk about Vince Russo. So I mean, correct? Or excuse me. That is correct. <laughs> so, fair assumption. Yeah, right. Uh, so here we go. Lots of drama in WCW as the company continues to oh. circle the drain. <laughs> Starting with a Vince Russo interview on WCW Live on their website, where he said all sorts of wacky stuff. Yeah, no. well, it, it's a weird. I don't day believe anything when, you're saying right now. Well, it's a weird day when Vince Russo doesn't say wacky stuff. So. But first, he mentioned that he has 60 weeks left on his contract and said that if uh, wow. 
Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. When someone says 60 weeks, that tells me they're counting down to get the hell out. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, 60 weeks? Like, why would you not count that in years? Like, that's weird. But anyway, he said that if he somehow lasted that long, then he would leave pro wrestling forever, bro, when his contract was up. <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah. You got to look at what he said. He said, if he, he said if he lasted that long. He didn't last that long. So he didn't break his word. Yeah, well, I mean, that Maybe was something that last that long, but... Yeah, well... If they boot my ass, I'm going to go ruin another company. We're going to call it TNA, bro. Bro, like boobs and ass. <laughs> like boobs and butts, bro. But uh, there have been rumors of him leaving for a while, and uh, they got stronger this week after some in WCW were upset about the Poor Canada Tour and a bad pay-per-view and bad TV shows. I'd... What, what, no. what pay-per-view was that? Was that New Blood Rising? Uh, yes. That, that's general, A general consensus is that's the worst pay-per-view they've ever put on. So bad may not even be the word for it. Is that worse than Sin? I've, I've still never seen Sin. I, I, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, see, I like I said, I haven't seen Sin. I know it's worse than Greed, because I watched Greed, and that had Greed some Greed was actually points. pretty good. Yeah, it had some high points. It wasn't a bad swan song for the company. I'll say that. I mean, considering it had they didn't rap. know it was a swan song, right? The main event sucked a high hard one, but other than that, but the best match in the card had a guy named Queewee in it. What does that tell you? Right. Yeah, it had uh, who was it? Queewee versus uh, Johnny Jet, Jason or, Jet, or Jason Jet. That's it. And then, um, or Easy Money, if you if you wheel. Uh, the other one was the about the 500th time they did this match, but it was um, uh, was it three teams this time in the ladder match? Uh, was that that? I thought it was Starcade. I'm pretty sure what happened at Greed because they did like one a month, I swear. Like, I don't know. Now in the archives, we say as we're about to review one of those matches. <laughs> yeah, let's see. WCW Greed. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, there was Team Canada, which consisted of Lance Storm and Mike Awesome over Hugh Morris and Conan. <laughs> yeah, that's a real match. Yep. There's the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Titles. It was Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo versus the Filthy Animals. That one wasn't terrible. Uh, I, I'll stick with that. Shane Helms and Chavo Guerrero wasn't terrible for the uh, Cruiserweight title. Natural Born Thrillers versus Totally Buffed. That one sucked. Uh, but it was less than a minute, so whatever. Miller, uh, Ernest Miller versus Conan, or Conan, Canyon. That was okay. I think Booker T versus Rick Steiner sucked. Oh, and this one was uh, was actually, it was okay. It was, you remember Dusty and Dustin Rhodes versus Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett? Mm-hmm. And, and then I the think, loser had to kiss, uh, they lost, had to kiss Dusty's ass, right? Yep. That and they ended up kissing great. a horse's ass. <laughs> yeah, he pulled his pants down and he had big red underpants on. Why? Don't. And they wrote Dusty's ass on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, so How do you forget is, that? I don't know. Lord, you know one, those press memories that this show brings out. I don't remember this one. I This is a different show than I was thinking. I was thinking it was Steiner and... Uh, Booker T in the main event, but this one was Steiner and DDP, false count anyway. It was Mayhem, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, in the in the 
uh, cage match with the freaking uh, uh, can't think of the name of it now. The coat street uh, jacket. jacket, street jacket. Yeah, that, that, that was not sucks. Russo either. I don't think yeah, that's a gray area. Maybe it could have been Steiner versus DDP. I don't remember at all. So you want to talk about repressed memories? I watched it. I swear to God, we reviewed it, but I don't remember. Either way, uh, getting back to this, though. Basically, WCW executives are looking at Russo and realizing that every facet of the business is down and not getting better under his watch, and they're starting to ask questions. Now, it's a hell of a time to start asking questions. Look. Head's barely above water. Now we start questioning stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a giant hole in the boat. Your feet and ankles are wet, and you're like, (laughs) maybe we should do something to patch that hole. Like, nah, it'll be fine. Let it go. But there's also some critical eyes on Booker T, who has not been getting over well as the champion and getting a lukewarm response in most cities. Yeah, kind of hard to argue that. I mean, I what was that last Nitro we watched where he came out as a champion and people were just like, yay. Not uh, like he's getting... That was July, June or July 2000, right? Or 99. Yeah, Ju- yeah, July of 2000. That was it. It was right before Bash of the Beach, I think. Or no, after, because he was champion, yeah. So it was right after. But yeah, I don't think anybody cared. Unfortunately, Booker was great, but eh. And that opinion would change very fast. Dude, you think You know, when he won... went to the professional company. Right. Dude, you think about this. He won his first world title in July. By the time they shut down in the March of the next year, he's a five-time champion. Yep. Like, what in the hell is going on there, man? Bro, nobody cares. Anyway, uh, but most of the heat is on Russo, with many in the company losing confidence in his constant claims of how he's going to turn everything around without uh, producing results and are growing tired of his weekly excuses for why it's not getting better. Yeah, bro, it's standards and practices, bro. That's why. But during the interview, Russo also pushed for moving Nitro back an hour so that it could go head-to-head with Raw for the full two hours. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Rennie sucks. What are we going to do? Go against yeah. the big dog. Wow. Right. Brilliant. Uh, we, look, we're only competing one hour right now, and they're kicking our ass. I think it would be better if we competed for both hours. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Let's be real, both. dude. He wanted to move it like that because they can get away with more stuff. Yeah. Well, considering football season just started back and WWF is still on fire, Uncle Dave says a move like that would be suicidal, and apparently WCW knows it because they're not even considering it. Yeah. Suicidal to the company that's already got the noose around their neck waiting for someone to kick the chair. Okay. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, Russo blamed his failure of WCW or blamed the failure rather of WCW to recover on a lack of advertising to publicize uh, to fans and that this is a new product compared to the old WCW of a year ago. In what way? I'll give him the new product part. I'm yeah, you can't deny sorta. that. Yeah, I, it, it kind of is. But at the same time, it sucked a year ago. It sucks now. I don't think the, your problem is advertising, man, because even the people who watch and could see this are tuning out. 
You don't need to advertise to them. Russo also said that WCW needs a celebrity angle similar to the WWF uh, Mike Tyson angle a couple of years ago. God, I'm trying to figure out what they would go with that if they did. Yeah. Uh, um, Where are we at? September 2000 or August 2000? Yeah. I can't think of any stories that come in. Yeah, no clue. But WWF was already surging upward before Tyson, the Tyson angle, and that boosted their momentum. But even without the Tyson angle, WWF would still be exactly where they are right now because they've been consistently putting out a hot product for the last several years. WCW, and the guy with the black boots, the black tights, the, the, that company couldn't market. I'm just kicking their ass. Yep. Well, maybe not right now because he's on the shelf. But right. But WCW has done celebrity angles in the past with diminishing returns every time because the company was faltering. Wait a minute, yeah. you mean the David Arquette thing didn't pay off? Yeah, right. I'm today's years old. They got David Arquette, they got Carl uh, Malone, Dennis Rodman, Jay Leno. I'm, I'm probably missing one or two. At but... least most of those guys were able to do stuff in the ring, except for Leno, but they didn't right. do anything for him, though. And Leno got to advertise five nights a week in primetime television. On the number one uh, late night show in history, by the way, at that exactly. time. Exactly. Yep. But <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, it's uh they need more celebrities. Gotcha. I feel like this is when Well not like everyone when, can get a Logan Paul or a Bad Bunny, to be fair. Yeah. Well well now they're not just I, I feel like WWE now is being a lot more picky with their celebrities. It's like, yeah, you're famous, but like if we're gonna put you in the ring, you actually need to know what the hell you're doing. Like in the yeah, past, got a couple was, of good ones there. <laughs> right. In the past, it was just like, oh, you're kind of famous. Let's, uh, you know, bring you in. Like, uh, uh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, I'll just say the whole, just say the whole, uh, guest host thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And nobody gave a damn about that. I literally tuned out, like, and this is when I watched religiously. I literally tuned out of Raw for most of that year because I couldn't stand that crap. I would watch every once in a while, but I was more into TNA, and I think I watched SmackDown a lot during that era. But SmackDown's always blew away the flagship show. I find that funny. There's only one era that they didn't, and it was when they stopped the uh, roster split for a while. And you remember when it was SmackDown was basically like Raw reruns. Yep. It was like, oh, if you saw this match on Raw, you can see it again on SmackDown. Yay. Uh, but the other thing I'm thinking of here is like, obviously WWF wasn't in as bad of a spot, but this screams to me like when, uh, Vince McMahon got LT to come in for WrestleMania because he's like, we need something to get us publicity. We'll get LT. Like why be because he's famous. Okay. I don't know if it really paid off for him in, in the long run, because I, I think Pritchard was saying like, it, it didn't really boost business. That WrestleMania objectively sucked. So, I don't know. That wasn't even the uh, best match on the card either. <laughs> no. But Russo also vowed that by January, WCW would only be one ratings point behind the WWF. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, that. Wait, hold on. Let me understand. This is long-term goal is to still be behind. Did you catch that? <laughs> well, only by one. <laughs> I mean, if you're, oh, man. I mean, I will say this. If you're like losing enough blood to die, 
a good goal is to slow the bleeding to where it's only a trickle. I mean, that's you yeah, so. Know. What you're saying is to slow down the death. It's going to be a, long, a slow, painful, agonizing death. No, it's like slow down, slow down the bleeding to where it's like I'm I'm losing and uh, I'm still losing blood, but it's more manageable now. Like I might be able to dress the wound a little better now. Yeah, right. So it's like I can't all right. believe that his recipe for success is only lose by this much. <laughs> I guess it's. Uh, oh man, I will say it's not a terrible goal considering they're being beat by like what three points in the ratings now. So if you up it by two, better. And then, like, it's like Chris Jericho said a stupid crap about Dynamite beating Raw by September of last year, which just still failed to happen. At least he said we're going to win. You know? Yeah. Laugh at it all you want, and I do, but, you know, at least he was like, we're going to win. Not, hey, well, we're going to be half of what Raw is doing. But I'll say this. I mean, looking at it now, obviously, we can be like, aha, you know, there's no way, whatever. At the time, Raw's ratings weren't great, and AEW was on a new or AEW was on a station that had the capability of drawing better ratings. So it wasn't like insane to say that it was improbable. It was insane. <laughs> well, it was improbable. Sure. Like the but flagship. Really? I, well, like I just said, <sighs> the ratings were not great at the time. Like they're better now, but at the time they were pulling like one point, whatever. So the ratings are not what they used to be. Like SmackDown is getting great ratings, and they have. For I a still while, maintain but... it's because there's a million ways to watch shows now, not on TV, that wouldn't be affected by ratings. Yeah, well, I'm not saying nobody's watching it either. I'm just saying ratings are not what they used to be. So, in theory, I mean, on TNT in prime time, I think I was listening to an episode of uh, Curtain Jerk, and I think it was when he said, "Sometimes he doesn't watch for all; he's watching the YouTube recaps." I feel like somebody said they just watched the YouTube recaps and see it all on there. It was either him or maybe it was Apron Bump. But anyway, I will my say, point is, though, it just goes to show that people really aren't watching. They'll, they'll still see it and keep up with it. The last time I consistently kept up with every single show, that's that's honestly how I would watch. Um, I would watch Raw and SmackDown the next day uh, doing the recaps on YouTube. And I did that a few times with Dynamite as well. So... That's how uh, that's how I kept up with wrestling for the longest time. It was quicker, easier, and I really didn't miss anything. I got the, you know, I, I saw the whole show. It was just more condensed. So they condensed three hours into 30 minutes. I was like, good enough. But anyway, uh, last couple things here. Uh, Vince Russo also claims that Kurt Angle is the only new star that the WWF has made since he left last year. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, maybe. We're about, yeah, to, see like, a, we're about to see a, a ladder match in the show. We're about to do six guys I think are pretty big stars, but yeah, whatever. Uh, well, he's saying since he left a year ago, weren't, weren't all those guys there? Maybe he's oh, claiming mean, that. You people that came in after him? Yeah. Technically, Kurt was there when he was there. Yeah, so I'm surprised he didn't he take on credit TV for yet, that. But... Well, if he wasn't on TV, maybe that's what he's getting at. Uh, but he. Uh, and finally, he says that Medeja will be the next Sable. So for the third time in the story. <laughs> I didn't put this in the news, but uh, Uncle David Idiot. brought this up a couple of times. And you can attest to this because you were watching at the time, right, WCW? Yeah, I'm not bragging about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had pointed out he's like in every in damn near every promo and every interview at least or at least multiple times per show every week 
They remind us that WCW is a failing company and the product sucks and so-and-so is going to turn it around. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's like, obviously it's true that all of that stuff, except for the turning it around part, but he's like, why would you keep saying it over and over reminding us that your company sucks? My only thought about that is they're trying to make the audience aware that they're aware. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, which I still think is poor practice, but right. It's like, yeah, you and I laughed at Vince McMahon. You know, you had said something about you're watching 90, 1995. Vince McMahon's like, oh, this is this might be the greatest year in WWF history. And it's like, ha, yeah, right. But uh, on the flip side, it's like he didn't come out and be like, you know what? Our shows suck, but we're working to make it better. <laughs> like, no, like, it, quit coming out and reminding yeah. us that everybody sucks and everybody behind the scenes is a moron and like. Whatever. Really instills so, confidence in, in the audience for your showrunners. Yeah. So basically you're saying, hey, it sucks now, so don't watch. But you know, come back maybe in a you know a, a month or so. It might be better. Dumb. But don't least that, that Bishop always says that people vote with their remotes and very seldom do you get them back if they leave. Yeah. If you keep telling them how much your show sucks, they're gonna tune out and they might tune back in in like a month or so to see if something changed. And if you're still saying it there, Nope, still sucks. Bye. Click. I'll never forget when they announced live on Nitro. This Russo and Ferrara, the creative guys are coming here. Just yeah. pulling back the curtain right there on live TV. Like who gives a crap at that time? Unless you were, you know, had your face in the internet all the time, which not a lot of people did back then. Like way less than today. And if you do today, you got go outside. Yeah, Sorry, right. Different tangents. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, it's like you really had to be dedicated to stuff to, you know, be on the Internet all the time or read the newsletters and all that stuff. It wasn't just like freely all over well, the place. Actually, so it's like you literally had to be sitting in a dark basement all damn day on this crap. It's like nobody cared about who the writers were. Nobody knew. And if they did, it was like passively. And it's like, oh, who cares? Whatever. It's not like today where we know damn near the whole staff of every company. Yep. But anyway, WCW abruptly canceled the Saturday show this week, and for the first time since the early 1970s, there was no weekend wrestling programming on TBS. WCW Worldwide... Yeah, I know, right? Uh, WCW Worldwide, which is set to become a compilation show soon, is also in grave danger of being canceled. Yeesh. Well, I wouldn't, because I think that would be the last every WCW show ever shown. WCW Worldwide? Yeah, I actually just learned this like a couple of weeks ago on YouTube. I think it was That's Mike Tanay and Scott Hudson. They, they recapped Nitro where Vince bought it. So that technically Damn. was the last show. No, Greg. Uh, Shane McMahon bought it. God. Right. <laughs> Get it right. I'm safe. Anyway. Yeah. You mean the two guys who would not go on to get jobs with the new company? Got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Scott Hudson pops up for a second, but either way. The new taping schedule for WCW is expected to be a nightmare. The plan is to start taping. Oh, as at... opposed to the dream scenario they have for everything else right now. Yeah, okay. right. Well, the plan is to start tapings at 7 p.m. Eastern time. First, they tape a two-hour Nitro that will air on a one-hour tape delay. They won't schedule any commercial breaks in the taping. 
uh, just to are just going to rush through it, and then they will insert pre-taped backstage skits and whatnot to pad it out before it goes on air. This means that the production crew will still be editing the second hour of Nitro while the first hour is airing on TV. Oh my I mean, god! Yeah, this this sounds great and you know smart. But immediately after Nitro ends, they will tape Thunder and then have the next two days to insert pre-taped segments in to pad out that show. Considering WCW's notorious production issues over the last year, putting the production crew under even more of a stress and time crunch is a scary thought. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. My thing is, like, is that better? Than, like, is that worse than doing it live? I mean, maybe it is, but I figured that would give them more of a breather than if they have to do crap live. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Either way, here's the other big story involving Vince Russo. Hulk Hogan has filed a lawsuit against Vince Russo and WCW, which has many questioning just what exactly happened at Bash of the Beach. Many feel that the fact that Hogan filed a real lawsuit proves that everything that happened was a shoot. If that's the case, Bro. It, it really makes one, uh, one question... Just what the hell is happening in this company with Vince Russo and, even more importantly, Brad Siegel? If it was a shoot, bro, that means that Russo screwed paying fans at the arena and on pay-per-view out of a heavily promoted match by double-crossing a star on live TV and putting WCW in the crosshairs of a lawsuit by cutting his childish promo after. Yeah. Well, also, the fact that... Who's ever going to know the whole truth about this, are they? It's like yeah. the, it's like brawl out. We hear stuff and all that. You don't know what happened. Right. Well, also those, the fact, those two ain't God. That's it. Yep, pretty much. But also the fact that Brad Siegel, head of the company, allowed it to happen without punishing Russo. Yeah, I can't, I can't That's believe that. Point. Uh, Hogan's lawyer says that Russo's promo on Hogan wasn't part of the script and that his comments were defamatory and a breach of contract since Hogan's deal stipulates that WCW can't do anything to, de- uh, to damage the character of Hulk Hogan. The lawyer insisted that the lawsuit is not a publicity stunt. Naturally, some in WCW still believe it is all a work because a lot of people in the business are conditioned to believe that everything is a work. Also, to be fair, WCW has given their wrestlers plenty of reason not to trust the uh, management, given that Eric Bischoff, and especially Russo's obsession with trying to work everyone backstage. <sighs> yeah. Uncle Dave well, said... Dillman's fault, if you think about it. Yeah, a bit. Well, <laughs> he started Dave, this. <laughs> him, yeah, him and Bischoff both, man. But Uncle Dave thinks that... Uh, This lawsuit is pretty dumb because talking crap about a wrestler on a wrestling show is basically every promo ever. I mean, not when it's the head freaking writer. Yeah, but he can say he was a character and whatever because he was on camera. Oh, he was a character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The way your grandma calls you a character. (laughs) Good Lord. Russo really was playing politics with Hogan over his contract and his criticisms of Hogan and the problems with him in WCW weren't wrong. The final Why verdict, would the head writer have a problem with his contract? It's none of his damn business. I really don't know the extent of what the hell Russo uh, did there. And maybe it was because of the things that were in Hogan's contract. Like, what the hell kind of contract is that? Uh, creative control... You can't talk crap and defame my character. Not not Terry Balea, by the way. You can't defame 
the character of Hulk Hogan. Right. But the final verdict is that the uh, it was originally a work that turned into a shoot, bro, and the lawyer and the lawsuit was legit. Another thing that points to it being legit, by the way, that was pointed out here was it's illegal to file a fake lawsuit. So unless that lawyer wants to be disbarred, then this is definitely a shoot. Well, go look at that, uh, that Rocky Khan lawsuit. <laughs> well, that one, she's just effing nuts. That one, like, damn, that, I will say. That was, uh, that was like crazy collective group of people she had in that thing, man. Yeah, right. Didn't you say Michael Jordan or something was in there? Yeah. My favorites were Michael Jordan, The Rock, and Chris Benoit. <laughs> People she never worked with ever, by the way. Most of them never even met her or know who she is. But she oh, claimed man. They Jim were Cornette all... had a field day with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim Cornette was in the lawsuit, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't even know if he was in the company when she was there. I think he said he had met her, so maybe... God, like why? Why would this eclectic group of randos from across the world be threatening to kidnap, of all people, you and your kid? Give me a break. Uh, she was suing a freaking corpse, by the way. I'm not trying to be funny, but she was. Yeah. So I want to know. I really want to know what what was in this lawsuit, like what she was alleging happened. Because my I didn't God. read any of it, but. Yeah, I just want to know. It's like, why do you think all this? Like, wait, like, obviously it's it's nuts, and it would just be like <sighs> reading the ramblings of a lunatic. But still, like, good God, what? I can't even begin to think of where she would come up with this crap. Other than you know, like I said, she's a nut. But uh, <laughs> getting back into WCW here, Kevin Nash has been uh, pushing to be given the WCW title at Fall Brawl arguing that Booker T isn't getting over as a champion, and every time the two of them have been in confrontations on TV recently, the crowd has been cheering for Nash more. Why is that the only solution in his head? Take tell. Yeah, turn him heel or something? Okay. Oh, give me the belt. Uh, but what if we do that? Nope, I gotta have the belt. Sorry, we already did that. My thing is, you ever hear his stuff where he's talking about, oh, I don't care about the belt because I'm not a mark. Like, really? Because it sure seems like you were always politicking to get the belt. Unless it was ever proven that he got a pay bump when he got the title. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I think your contract is kind of what it is. Because it's not, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, like, oh, I'm not a mark. I don't care about the belt. By the way, uh, that guy's not getting over. Give me the belt. No, he kind of thinks high of himself. That's, you know. I mean, that's cool and all. But it's like, uh, he's always, maybe it's because he gets more TV time. I don't freaking know. It's like, don't you get paid the same whether you're, out in front of the people or if you're sitting on your ass on your couch like whatever aside from Rey Mysterio I don't and think Uben he would get the title from him by the way I think it goes Scott Steiner and that's it yeah aside from Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera every single Mexican wrestler on the roster was let go from WCW most of them hadn't been used lately anyway they will be missed hmm. uh, least, well they kept the great one at least yeah right uh, and Rey Mysterio. That loser Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and I both had that's the same <laughs> thought. Well, Juventud Guerrera was the greatest wrestler on the planet, according to Uncle Dave, so there's that. Yeah. On 
the planet. Remember that. You would think he wrestled in Tokyo Dome every night or something. Yeah, right. And he's at least a fraction Japanese. But nope. <laughs> WCW, speaking of him, WCW offered Juventud Guerrera a contract, and it's said to be a very low guarantee compared to what the rest of the roster is making. But he's the greatest wrestler on the planet. We you're just gonna, established you're gonna, this. You're going to lowball the greatest wrestler on the planet? Really? The bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him. But his contract came up for renewal at a bad time, since WCW is in massive cost-cutting mode. The new deal is around $2,000 per show, which would be good money if WCW was working a full schedule. But they're only doing five shows a month now, uh, and there's no guarantee that Hoovy will be booked on all or even any of them. Uh, WCW is also interested in him, but they're offering even less money. I wonder why. There's no word on if WWF is interested because of his size. They're not. He would be there at one point, though, but they're not interested. Yeah, riding on the back of a uh, freaking lawnmower. Apparently that was his idea. Yeah, and the fact that nobody stood up and went, maybe not. Yeah, this could be conceived as a racial stereotype or some bad press. No. Yeah, right? Well, think about, dude, I, I'm sure it was like different years, but I, I feel like it was all around the same time period. You had the Mexican guys riding to the ring on lawnmowers. You had a guy pretending to be special needs. You had uh, a, a guy of Mexican heritage pretending to be white. Like, God dang it, man. I'm sure I'm... Oh, and you had a fake Muslim guy bringing out guys that look like terrorists to wrap piano wire around The Undertaker's neck. <laughs> yeah. What the F is going on, man? The le- Would you throw the uh, the gay wedding in there, too? No, yeah, there was the fake gay wedding. Oh, they're not really gay. We just, you know, made a big publicity stunt out of it. And by the way, we got on magazine covers or whatever, so... Good for them, I guess. Yeah, Billy I did know. admit that if he was gay, he'd marry Chuck, though, remember? Yeah, right? <laughs> so that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't... The, you want to know the weird one is the one they treated, like, the nationality they treated the best, I think, was uh, uh, the French. They had La Résistance, who were, by the way, not real French. They're French-Canadian. One of them so was doesn't really count. One of them was French. And wasn't René Dupree really French? No, he's from Quebec. You remember when he completely switched his gimmick when he was in ECW for a minute and he started wearing the Quebec flag? I don't. Yeah, and uh, he grew his mustache out, like a mustache and beard, and he didn't wear the French flag anymore. He wore the uh, flag of Quebec. And I'm like, you're not even French either? Paul Conway was American though, right? Yes, yeah. He was a French sympathizer, so f*** him. They've done that a couple times. Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah, right. I mean, hell, it one. kind of started with the Rougeau brothers in the 80s. They they, they were French-Canadians who wanted to be American, remember? Yeah, all-American boys. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of starts there when you think about it. Damn it, pal, you're not where you say you're from. Yeah, right. Uh, well, and the other one that just popped in my head was where they wanted to make Kenzo Suzuki into Hirohito. And he was going <laughs> to go with the whole Imperial Japan crap. Like, yikes. Guarantee they would have had him praising Pearl Harbor. Guarantee it. 
Yeah, right. Talking about he's going to... Well, and get the, they, they would have brought back the old uh, Gorilla Monsoonism, where every time he would attack somebody from behind... Oh, JR yeah, would, Pearl Harbor job. Yeah, Jared would be like, all right, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that, that was, was a dated reference know. then. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, wait, you know, this is like the the nineties and the in the eighties. It's like a way to go back, you know, forty to fifty years in the past. You know, yeah. one thing you got to give WCW credit for, and it's kind of off there, but with that was it the final solution thing. They decided to pull that. Thank God. But yeah, called him the ultimate solution. <laughs> that was great. Well, remember when they had Berlin and his video had like Nazi stuff in it? Yep. That was great. Speaking of him, though, uh, Alex oh, Wright, God. Kurt Hennig, Lenny Lane, Christopher Daniels, Jim Duggan, Brian Knobs, Elizabeth, and Mike Rotunda were all released from WCW. That's a crazy ass crew. Yeah, right. Uh, Uncle Dave did say, he's like, I have no idea why they released Christopher Daniels. He was barely making anything, so it's not like they're freeing up any cap room. And he's like a good up-and-comer that, you know, they probably could have used. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he wasn't better than half the roster or anything. You ever have Hacksaw, though, dude? Come on. Yeah, oh, no. They released Jim Duggan. No. Was he Canadian still when they released him? I don't remember. I, I didn't follow the last couple of years of Jim Duggan's career. I tried not to follow the first few years. So, but Mark is the pe- toughest man in the history of the planet, dude. I'm, not, I'm being serious. You'll yeah, be right. catcher three times and you're a weak link. Yeah. Yeah. But Marcus Bagwell's future is said to be in doubt. He has six months left on his contract, but he's been in the doghouse for a while because he throws a fit every time he's asked to do a job. And is just generally not well liked. <laughs> That's going to age well. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fast oh, forward well, to June of 2001. Yeah. You ain't sticking around in the new company very long either, buddy. And I'm sure this one will, you know, broke little Conrad's heart. Prince Iakea is also on the chopping block. His contract is... That is the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. Yeah, exactly. His contract is due up in November, and he was trying to negotiate a better deal... And WCW instead decided to just bench him for the rest of his deal and not re-sign him. This one, I'm not being sarcastic. I wonder why. Like, they were heavily using him for a while. And it's like, how much money was he really making that they, again, it's like, are they freeing up a ton of cap room? Yeah. Maybe they just didn't feel like they were getting a return on investment. I don't know. But lots of wrestlers in WCW have been putting have been trying to pull, put feelers out to the WWF to see if they can jump ship. However, however, I don't think no, many of them do. Honestly, after this, no, uh, no discussions you know, have taken place. I'll go ahead. The main ones were already there. Radicals and Jericho. Yep. But no discussions have taken place because everyone is still under contract and WWF won't talk to anyone for fear of catching a contract tampering accusation. Word is that WCW is looking to slash the talent budget anywhere from 12 to $20 million. And in order to do that, they're going to have to start releasing some of the bigger name stars. Uh, cutting all those undercard contracts won't even make a dent in the losses WCW is trying to recoup. A lot of speculation is that guys like DDP, Kimberly, 
Lex Luger, Canyon, Buff Bagwell, and Juventud Guerrera are bigger names that may still be in danger of being released soon in order to cut costs. Juventud Guerrera is one of the bigger names. Yeah, that was... (laughs) He really did fall in love with that guy, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, my, my other question is, like, you look at this list. Kimberly... How much money is Kimberly raking in? And if she is raking in a lot of money, why? Why? Yeah. Bro, boobs. And they were there. Yeah, right. Uh, WWF is said to have zero interest in Lex Luger for obvious reasons. As for others, there's interest, but WWF realizes that they're in a position where they don't need any of those people. So if they want to jump ship, they're probably going to be offered less money than what they're making in WCW now. Several of the top stars have contracts that stipulate that they can't be fired, so which you know is super smart on WCW's part. So in order to release them, WCW would have to buy out the remainder of their contracts, which defeats the purpose of releasing them to save money. Even if every single wrestler in WCW worked for free, they'd still be on pace to lose $40 million this year. Jeez. Yeah, I will say in their defense about that number, uh, Eric Bischoff pointed out, he's like, that's not all from WCW. Uh, Turner Corporate wanted to offload a lot of their losses, so they fixed the books in a certain way and just kind of offloaded all their losses onto WCW to make it look like WCW was further down than it actually was. And mainly because they were trying to kill it. Like, ah, we're gonna, we're probably gonna kill this thing anyways. Just put all our losses on that. What do you mean gonna kill it? They've already done it. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's on, it's still on life support at this point. They haven't officially pulled the plug, but it's coming. Who is not coming though is WC uh, Super Crazy is interested in coming to WCW. He's been out of ECW for a while with visa issues, but that's all cleared up, and he's just not being used right now because ECW isn't flying people in for most shows unless necessary to cut down on expenses. Yeah, I remember that. He, well, he, he was almost gone forever, bro. He'd be back in ECW, though. I believe he was on the last show. Yeah, I believe so. Billy Kidman did some angle where he was hanged by Shane Douglas a while back, and it apparently really did injure his larynx. Oh, my the, God. Uh, doing the spot, and he will be out for a few weeks. Smart. That's why you and I talked about those, like, any kind of collar matches are like legitimately some of the most dangerous matches in all of wrestling. I, I wouldn't want to do your it. Your neck is just out there. Right. You've really got to trust the person you're working with and you got to know what the hell you're doing too. I just, I wouldn't want to do it. I know that uh, this one, man, oh, so, you know, pour one out, man. Sean Stasiak is believed to have torn his ACL. No! <laughs> Did ACL tears clear up quicker back then, or what? Because he's on the last nitro, so... Yeah, maybe maybe he didn't tear it. Well, and then he was used quite a bit for a while in WWF, wasn't he? Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then he became just, like, a complete idiot. Wasn't he, like, running into crap and whatever? Like they just talking, him, to like, the, talking to the aliens or something? I don't remember that part. <laughs> And he would look up in the sky and start talking to people. Good God. Yeah, they just literally made him like 
he was one step above drooling on himself, basically. So what, what was the high point of his career? That or meat? <laughs> I'd rather be meat. At least get to hang around hot chicks at that point. But on Nitro, Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse came out, and Vampiro was holding the title belt for ICP's JCW promotion, which Uncle Dave notes uh, outsells a ton more videos than WCW ever could. For weeks now, JCW videos and DVDs have been charting high up on the Billboard sports videos list, along with WWF videos. While WCW... No clue. Uh, While WCW is never even in the top 20. Uh, They even tried to play it off as a JCW invasion angle, but of course, nobody outside of ICP's fan base even knows what the hell a JCW even is. That's all right. That tracks. Yep. I like how they sell a lot of DVDs, but nobody knows who the hell they are. <laughs> That's hilarious. Probably accidentally thought they were WWE DVDs or something. Oh, it's wrestling. There you go. Or they see they did have a decent sized fan base. I'll say that. So it's like so all their fans just bought multiple copies of the DVDs. Maybe I don't it's know. Literally, what AEW's hoping happens with the video game. <laughs> Buy three to four copies a piece, please. God, one for each system. Yeah, exactly. The Stacy Keebler David Flair wedding angle is expected to happen in October, which coincides with the expected re- return of Ric Flair. Lots of rumors. Are I think that, all that happens. Yeah, lots of rumors are that the story will end up being that uh, Ric Flair is the father of Stacy's baby. Uh, for that part, <laughs> part of that happens, like you said. Uh, as long as the kernel of truth, everything he says, that's what Bischoff said. Yeah. Uh, what was not correct about it was she's not pregnant. Her, quote, baby is Sean Stasiak. Yep. Yeah. Or, uh, excuse me. Right. <laughs> uh, this is all real, folks. Unfortunately, all real. Who the hell could make this up? Well, I guess one idiot did. So at the Thunder Tapings, never said it was going to be a a human baby. It's a human, but it's not a baby, bro. It's 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 bro. It's a grown man. He's a baby. (sighs) At the Thunder Tapings last week, Lance Storm wrestled twice, and there was a long delay during the taping. The reason is because there was two guaranteed good matches on this taping. Got it. Probably. The reason is that the cat was supposed to pin Jacques Rougeau clean, but Rougeau refused to do oh the my job. God. Is this in Canada? <laughs> I don't need doesn't it, say. It has to be. Yeah. Was it re- with them? Well, he refused to do the job and ended up quitting the company over it. So oh. that's that threw plans in chaos backstage. Oh had, yeah, yeah. Because you know they had big plans for the cat to pin PCO. <laughs> No, this is Jacques. Whatever. The Mountie. Yeah, there was huge plans for, for both these guys after this match, right? This is the yeah. catalyst to a to you know Hogan Andre style feud. Got it. Well, yeah, the cat can't get over unless he pins the Mountie, damn it. <laughs> I don't know why you're making a joke out of this. <laughs> because it is a joke. I'm not making anything. <laughs> <laughs> but they had to change things on the fly. Crucial shit, it. dude. <laughs> The fact, that, the fact that Rougeau or PCO, whatever, 
they've both done this multiple times. Yep. That's sad. Never drew a dime. Oh. <sighs> anyway, Rougeau said in a newspaper interview in Montreal this week that he didn't come back to WCW to be a jobber and that you can't be a big money player in the business if you're going to do clean jobs on TV. Oh, my a lot God. Of people, a and what point were you a big money player? Right. Well, a lot of people backstage kind of scoffed at that, considering he's 43 years old. You don't say. And he's Jacques Rougeau. He's never going to be a big money player. I feel like we should have led with that. <laughs> uh, he's never going to be a big money player, and everyone but him knows it. Look, there's like, you know, thinking high of yourself, and then there's being high. Which one do you think he was? Mm hmm. Well, it's like uh, you mentioned PCO, uh, Pierre Carolet. Perfectly uh, created he, our organism, right? Yeah. You know what that stands for? Something like that. But he refused to do the job to Diesel back when Diesel was WWF champion up in Montreal. Because at a house show, by the way, because he said, well, it's Montreal. And if I lose to the world champion, well, then, you know, that just kills my credibility and my drawing power. And, and, As and opposed these, to the drawing power that the pirate had. Right. Well, <laughs> it's drawing power in Montreal, Greg. Because as we all know, when you're in the WWF, the, the biggest thing you got to worry about is how am I going to draw in Montreal? Ironically, the biggest draw in Montreal is the American. <laughs> right. Okay, whatever. Like, you've got <laughs> Bret Hart and, and Hulk Hogan. There you go. And PCO and the Mountie and Dino Bravo. Yeah, right. Yikes. And my favorite was when uh, they, they finally got it all worked out and he agreed to go out there and do a count out job and whatever. And uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, the fans are, uh, you know, going to be like, uh, uh, you know, 90 for me, 10 for you. And then they get out there and uh, Diesel has him down in a headlock. He's like, sounds more like 70, 30 me. You want to change that finish? <laughs> What is it with, like, I'm not even going to say Canadians, just Montreal people thinking they're huge straws. Right. You ever hear, like, well, Austin is, like, saying, oh, I'm not losing in America. Well, or all Americans always seen a, oh, I can't lose in America. <laughs> well, my, like, I could get, like, um, I, I guess it would be more like, you know, Austin being like, well, I, I can't lose in Texas. That's like, okay, whatever. But even then, dumb. And my thing is, like, it's called the World Wrestling Federation. How often do you go through Montreal? And by the way, are they that fickle in Montreal where if you lose to the world champion, they're like, wow, oh, this guy sucks. I'm never going to pay to see him again. Yeah, I might speak to your fan base there. Yeah, right. <sighs> Other thing, too, is people, I don't know if they jokingly say, but they're like, oh, Montreal's not part of Canada. It's just there. They say it's Bizarro World and earn that title. Ironically, two of the biggest things in wrestling right now are from uh, Montreal. <laughs> yeah, right. But they started doing an angle with Mark Madden where he would... Hey, feud Steelers. I agree. Sorry. Get it in there. It just, it just triggers me. I just got to say it. We don't agree on much sports-wise, but I think we do on that. Yeah, that one for sure. They started doing an angle with Mark Madden where he would feud with uh, feud with and wrestle women. 
starting with backstage interviewer Pamela. Yeah, I wonder where they got that idea from. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But the angle has been dropped. Vince Russo actually wanted. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Vince Russo actually wanted Madden versus women matches to be a shoot, bro. Similar to give give her a bonsai drop, bro. Bro, his boobs are bigger than hers, bro. So he wanted it to be similar to Andy Kaufman's famous women's matches. There it is. There it many is. of which really were shoots. Didn't they just do this with Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. She was Medusa, right? Yes. Mm. Well, and, and didn't he come out talking crap about women, whatever? Yeah, with, basically being a misogynist pig, saying they should be in the kitchen and all that what stuff. What is it with Russo doing that? He did that crap in WWF with China. You remember that? Like, I believe that's one of his last shows ever, right? Was the uh, Good Housekeeping match, wasn't it? Yeah, and the whole story there was Jeff being a massage, Jeff Jarrett being a misogynist to China, and all that. That's what led up to the Good Housekeeping match. Like this guy is just a creep, dude. Speaking of creeps, though, WCW Valley. You know, William. you would think he was like. <sighs> I want to tread softly here. You can cut this if you have to. You would think he hates women or something. Like, seriously, yeah. like the way he is. Can't stand women, bro. Hate them all. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, like a reverse feminist. <laughs> right. But WCW valet Leah Meow hasn't been used on TV oh, in months. You ain't kidding. But she has not been fired. Apparently, a while back, she filed a complaint to Turner HR department over, oh an, unnamed, over an unnamed yeah. wrestler's alleged inappropriate behavior so yeah, you knew Turner, where that was going when you said that. <laughs> yeah. So the Turner executives feel like they can't fire her right now. We never do find out who this was. Uh, I mean, we can make assumptions, but... Sean Stasiak. <laughs> Why is that his third mention on the show? <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> when you look I'm like that... Out, yeah, right. When, when you look like that, do you really need to be inappropriate with women? Like, Can't you just like... You're like, hey, look at my pecs. I don't know. Women out there, was he a good-looking man? Help us out. I'm, His name I'm was go He better have been. Yeah, he used to wrestle in tidy whities uh, This one actually does come true. So did I. So, I my wrestling buddies when I was a kid. <laughs> wow. Uh, in 2001, WCW plans to change the names of many of their pay-per-views. Starcade, Halloween Havoc, ba- and Bash at the Beach are expected to remain the same, but the others will now be given new names. Well, let's see. We did get uh, Sin and Greed. They yeah. super well remained. So, so I wasn't think is, lying. I mean, they just didn't get them all. Yeah. So, yeah, because they ended the calendar year <laughs> in March. Uh, well, my thing is, were, that leads me to think, are, were they going to go through all the seven deadly sins or whatever? Were we going to get a lust and a gluttony? Bro, lust. I think oh, I just answered got- your question right there. What was the one that was Revenge? Super Brawl. Super, yeah, so we got Super Brawl Revenge. So, Yeah, you might have hit right on that, yeah. Yep. Tune in to Lust, bro. There's going to be bro, he's gonna, everywhere. He's going to do it with his neighbor's wife, bro. <laughs> he's got lust in his eyes. Oh, uh, we haven't hit this one in a while, and it's only one story, but I wanted to get it in, so... What's going on in Mexico? 
What did Vampiro do now? <laughs> nah, it's not him, but uh, this one isn't like a bad story, but it's just funny. By the way, Greg is my get-out-of-jail-free card on playing that, by the way, so at least half of him. Well, most of my, my dad's family side is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's like when he makes a joke about the mob, which, by the way, does not exist. I'm just getting out of jail free on card card on that one. At least one fourth of me. But Bill Mascaris said in an interview that he plans to run for office in the Mexican Senate in the 2003 election. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Does that ever happen? Uh, well, uh, he said that he would unmask when he gets uh, when he begins campaigning, but he wouldn't commit to retiring from the ring if he won. <laughs> So he'd still be, he would, uh, wrestle the wrestling and go, yeah, so he'd wrestle one night and go vote the next day. <laughs> but that's, a, the, that's a hell of a way to run a campaign, dude, if you think about it. Yeah, right. Uh, but this isn't the first time uh, Mascaris has talked about running for office, but he's never done it. He actually never did. And he's been, he has never been unmasked to this day. So there you go. And you know he would have won, Greg, because he does Noyab. On Anoki won, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, I, mm, I didn't think. I don't know if Anoki did win. I know he ran. I can't remember if he won or not. Which was weird because of how popular he was. Maybe people were like, eh, maybe we shouldn't vote based on, you know, celebrity status. Hiroshi Hase, he, he was in office for a while over there. I think a pretty prominent office. For people that don't know who Hiroshi Hase is, have you ever heard of the um, the Muda scale for bleeding? Uh, he's the one that made Muda bleed that bad. So, yeah. Now it's a Moxley scale. Yeah. Well, and by the way, Hiroshi Hase had a sweet, sweet mullet. I mean, that thing was awesome. High and tight. And Japanese. So, you know, it's a seven-star mullet. Did you have another one? Uh, Masa My Hero Chono. That was a unique mullet. That one was like, wow. Uh, he was he was here to to party, to to do business, and to whoop ass all at the same time. Now let's do this one. Uh, let's go to Japan for one story. What you get, Jeffrey? Uh, for this one. <laughs> that one. I, uh, send your tweets to at main event underscore marks. Anyway. Dos Caras Jr. made his debut at a small indie show in Japan, teaming with his father. Do, oh. uh, Karas, yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Well, Caras Jr. is 23 and has been training to compete in the Sydney Olympics as an amateur wrestler, but Mexico isn't going to send a wrestling team this year, so that's not happening. He's been holding off on going pro to try his luck at the Olympics, but he'll be 27 the next time they roll around, and he feels that he can't wait another four years just for the chance to do it again. So he decided to finally follow in his father's footsteps. Word is that he looked very good for his mat, his first match. This would be Alberto El, uh, Del Rio slash Alberto El Patron. Yeah, and uh, he would I'm go on stay away from uh, Mirko Krokop. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he would go on to have some success in wrestling and then F it all up. So yeah, good times, man. Uh, I guess final sound by is it's your favorite. I only got one story, but I know you're a stickler for this, so I'll hit it. This week in ECW. 
If I may have one story, sir. If I may, uh, sir. So the latest on the ECW USA Network negotiations is that they're possibly looking at putting the show on an 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. time slot on Saturday nights, which would mean that there wouldn't be nearly as many concerns over content, but it's far from a done deal. Wow, i never heard of that before. Yeah, and as far as that show happening, <laughs> never happens. Sucks for them. <sighs> Rena Mero, aka oh, the company sucks. <laughs> yeah, Rena Mero, aka Sable, was on Inside Edition this week, mostly plugging her book. In other news, Sable oh, apparently has a book. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, she also mentioned that the TV series that she was scheduled to star in with Dennis Rodman, called The Consultants, never got past developmental and is no longer happening. I wonder why. That just sounds <laughs> awesome. Oh man, what a duo that would have been, huh? Right. Which one would have wore the dress in this show? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Big Show recently underwent an MRI that shows that he has a herniated disc in his lower back, so he's going to be out for a while, recovering from that. He's ready to go again. He's still going to be sent to OVW to get back into shape, and won't be brought back to WWF until they feel that. He's where they want him to be. I'd be brought back and win the WWE title. Right? This is 2000. Though, he's already done it. He's yeah. going to come back to Royal Rumble. Uh, Royal Rumble 01 is his return. Yeah, archives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That was a pretty good show of ours. If I do say so myself. And the pay-per-view is good too. So, But the USA Network is still appealing the court decision they lost a while back to try to keep Raw from going to TNN. This is actually a win-win case for the WWF. If the judge upholds a ruling, then the WWF gets to jump to TNN like they want to. However, if the judge does overturn the original ruling, then that would reopen negotiations with both sides, and the WWF will be back in the middle of a bidding war. Even if they stay on the USA Network, USA will have to match Viacom's offer, so no matter what happens here, WWF is going to make a whole bunch of money regardless. And they do. Oh. Yeah, they're making a buttload of money now from Viacom. Or is it? No, not Viacom. NBC Universal. And Fox. Yeah. You know, Fox just backed a U-Haul truck full of cash up to Vince's doorstep. It was like, here you go. Here's a check. Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. <laughs> and then I think Vince said the same thing to Roman Reigns. But either way. With all the talk of UPN going under or getting bought out, there are rumors of Rupert Murdoch's Fox, Viacom discussing uh, discussions happening. WWF is in a good position there, too. SmackDown gets great ratings, and if UPN goes away, SmackDown would become a free agent show and would likely have a lot of networks, stronger ones than UPN, bidding for it as well. Like my network TV. <laughs> yeah. Did they go there first or did they go to sci-fi first? I think they went to network TV first. Okay. You guys didn't have that out there, did you? Uh, I think we did. It was like uh, buried. Someone we, someone we mutually know said they could never watch it because they didn't air it out there. Or you didn't have uh, my network TV. So. Hmm. I think I watched it. But I don't know. I, I remember do know... that being like the worst period in the history of SmackDown. It just sucked. 
Yeah. I know. It was like, eh. I, that's why I'm thinking I watched it, but I can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest with you. And then they were on Sci-Fi. They were on, they were on the CW for a minute. But I think that was CW was UPN though. So yeah, so that's what I was. I was about to say after UPN merged with WB and made uh, the CW, and I think that's when they were on CW for like a minute, and then they went to yeah that my network TV crap, and then. After sci-fi, did they go to USA? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a lateral move, though, because they're both owned by NBC Universal, so. Right. I, I want to say they only went to sci-fi to, to uh, uh, like, ride out the remainder of that ECW contract that they had with them. It probably was, yeah. Like, you got to put something on here, damn it. ECW ain't cutting the mustard. Like, I wonder why. Sci-fi is the move the Tuesdays, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, EC, yeah, ECW is on Tuesdays, I believe. Uh, oh, Raw will be, yeah, uh, Raw will be pushed back two hours later than normal for the next two weeks because USA will be airing the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. These yearly preemptions and time slot changes are one of the things that, that Vince McMahon complained about on the stand during the USA trial. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, I know, uh. Bruce and the dog Richard show complained about that too. Yeah, he was like a damn dog show. Like they got way better ratings than the dog show, and I'm pretty sure they got better ratings than the U.S. Open. But oh well, tough crap. This one, yikes. Uh, Steve Austin and Deborah are expected to be getting married in the next few weeks. Let's see how that one works out. We'll do it. Yeah. Uh, man. That freaking sucks, man. It's like, uh, I learned a lot of things about Steve Austin after this that I didn't want to know. I'll say that. But final story I got here. TV Guide ran a big cover story on WWF and quoted Vince McMahon talking about what the is decision. TV Guide? <laughs> hey, Google it, everybody. It was a magazine back in the day. Uh, and it would tell you, like, what, was it the next week worth of shows? It was, a, it was about the size of a tablet, too. That's... Yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't very big, uh, but it was thick enough where, didn't it, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it like they told you what was on TV for the next week? Yep. Yeah, so instead of, you know, the on-screen guide that you can pull up now for stuff, you could do, you didn't have that back then, so you had to get uh, this little book, and the book would tell you what's like on a what channel. A store, too. Yeah get that with your newspapers you know that stuff that you read on twitter but this was in ever, longer form did you ever see the episode of fresh prince where actually asked will did you ever have an after score itinerary he goes yeah the tv guide <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i do i remember tv guide used to be a huge thing that i think it's really still popular. uh it still exists in some form digitally right. i think my grandparents used to have one all the time because like, you know, when you got the big tube TVs, they didn't really have the guide on them. Yeah, the guide didn't really come until like 2000, 2001 or so. I remember the first time we had an on-screen guide. I was 02, I want to say. That was like, because we had switched to digital cable. And that was like a big deal. I'm like, holy cow. We, we, I, I can flip through the channels and see what's on right now. Like before, I just like channel surfed until I found something. Yeah, Which, when my mind was blown when they introduced DVR, I could rewind TV. That was insane. 
dude, my dad, like we had TiVo uh, at one point. It was that was our first one was TiVo, and my dad just abused the crap out of it during football season. Like it got, it was really annoying to watch football games with them because it's like they're going to show a replay. You don't have to rewind it. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway. Uh, TV Guide ran a big cover story on the WWF and quoted Vince McMahon talking about the decision to admit that wrestling is fake and how that helped them position themselves as entertainment and opened a lot of doors. This leads to Uncle Dave uh, to recount a conversation that he had with McMahon in 1992 in which McMahon accused Uncle Dave of, quote, telling people or excuse me, telling the public that there's no Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. So ironically, he didn't open any doors. It closed doors you know the tax doors yeah right yeah it got the uh the sports commissions out of their back pocket there but i like how i realized it was like way before vince did it i like how vince is like damn it you're ruining it you're telling everybody it's not real and then like a couple years later he's like it it's not real yeah vince is weird i I, as as we can tell the problem is the wording yeah well a lot cartoons of cartoons aren't real. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with Vince is, I think we've established, he's very moody. Like, one week, he's like, God, that idea sucks. The next week, he's like, do it. Put it on TV. Or vice versa. He'll be all gung-ho, and the next week, ah, God, that guy's a jobber. <laughs> I can see him saying that. Or, you know, and then the, then, uh, the talent's like, me, right? Anyway, that that brings us to our next break. On the other end of this, we're getting into the event at hand. You ready, Greg? Actually, I am. All right. Well, let's crank it up to 10 and dive into SummerSlam right after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Back. This is WWF SummerSlam 2000. This is the second to last SummerSlam that would go under the WWF banner. Uh, The date was August 27th, 2000. From the Raleigh Entertainment and Sports Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. You hear that, Grandi? That's how you do it. 
I'm wondering now. I got to ask. Uh, I got to message him now that I, I just now thought of it. I wonder if he was there because uh, it seems like he goes to oh, all, a, all yeah. of these. He, I think he said before he basically goes to like every wrestling show that comes through North Carolina. So I don't know how far Raleigh is from him, but now uh, the attendance for this one was eighteen thousand people. That is a butt ton. And the buy rate was 1.4, which amounted to 570,000 buys. I'm assuming you were one of them. Mm, yep. Or you watched yep, at your yep. neighbor's house who had the scrambler. <laughs> this was 2000? Yeah, yeah. Definitely my friend's house. My <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so there you go. But we got another old film-looking video. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, look, I just watched it, okay? I, didn't, I don't own nothing, all right? You know what I'm saying? But we get another old film-looking video where classy Freddie Blassie was watching clips of shows while classical music played and weird crap happens all around him. They sure loved doing this back during this era. We then finally come into the arena where all the pyro shoots off, and JR lets us know that we are NWO sold out. Uh, we have been for months. Yep. But right here, our first match is a six-man. It's right to censor. Steven Richards, Bull Buchanan, and The Good Father taking on Rikishi and Too Cool, which is Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexay. It was just over five minutes. Before the match, Steven Richards gets on the mic and says that he's shocked that people from the Bible Belt are booing the RTC. <laughs> Too Cool. The Bible Belt. Uh, it's like the uh, southern states that are like really, like have a lot of churches and are like really christian religious whatever i don't know the exact location of where it goes but yeah that's it's definitely in the south i'll say that but two cool end up cutting him off rikishi comes out with good father's former hose right that's what they called him so real names yes it, it's on their driver's license it, it just says <laughs> hose <laughs> but one of them is Victoria, by the way. During the match, the hoes try to hit the good father, and good father manhandles him to the ground. He just freaking shoves their asses like bro. Use the women, bro. Bro, beat up the hoes. Felt bad just saying that. Either way, fans start chanting, save the hoes, save the hoes. Why wouldn't that be a chant? Oh, my God. Uh, so much for the Bible Belt. In the end, Scotty goes for the worm, and Steven hits a super kick to win. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a star. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? I gave it one. Yeah. Not a good uh, opener. Yeah. Not a uh, good curtain jerk. Not available on Mark's YouTube. Yeah, right. So what you're saying is uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Not good. Bad. Very bad. Bad. Anyway, uh, when Kurt Angle walks into the building, Jonathan Coachman asks him about taking advantage of Stephanie McMahon on SmackDown. Kurt says he doesn't owe Coach an explanation. My favorite is he said, I don't owe you a fourth string announcer and an, an explanation. At least he didn't say that to Kevin Kelly, because, you know, if he would have said that to Kellen, Kevin Kelly, he could go die. Yeah, when that collision debuted, uh, Meltzer probably popped the big chubby. Good Lord. 
Oh, yeah. He was at half mass. At least. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway. But uh, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon later walks in looking for Triple H. Coach says that he's not there, but Kurt is. She walks off. Later, Kurt Angle is seen walking into Stephanie's locker room while smiling. We now go to Frosted Tips Michael Cole, who is standing by with Shane McMahon. This yeah, he really had that hair. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, dude, you look like a reject from NSYNC, man. Like, what is going on? But uh, the interview with Shane McMahon is cut short when Steve Blackman starts walking towards him, and Shane takes off. Shane's a hardcore champion, you see, and it's a 24-7 rule. But wasn't it wasn't it relaxed for this match or something like that? Mm, I don't know. They didn't say that. I feel like they talk about it. Yeah, building up to it. It's been uh, relaxed for this match. Nobody can interfere. Uh, well, if if nobody could interfere, then they ruin that. Yeah, right. That's happened but, multiple times. But uh, I will say, this is not to spoil something that comes up later in the show. But they try to interview Shane twice in this night. They don't ask him a single damn question about his match like they just want to know uh what do you think about what's going on with your sister who gives a crap <laughs> yeah, you don't want to put any attention on the match that he's going to steal the whole show with but yeah. or partially right but up next it is road dog versus x-pac or the roadie versus i believe the on a previous kid. show we mentioned that he would never get over right <laughs> yeah right well, uh, this, cute. Well, no, I uh, Dave's actual uh, wording of it was he said that uh, Brian Brian Armstrong, who if anybody doesn't know is a road dog, uh, was he had a dark match and nobody gave a damn and he didn't get over. Here though, yeah, that's uh, place it's a bit blue, old. right? But this goes four minutes forty two seconds. The only note I have is X-Pac hits the X-Factor to win. Uncle Dave gives it three quarters of a star. I give it a star. What say you? A uh, star. Yeah. I promise it's going to get better, folks. Yeah, in certain areas. Uh, after the match, X-Pac grabs a mic to say they found out who the better man is, but they still make a great team. Road Dog shakes his hand before getting behind him, dry humping him, and then hitting the stretch Armstrong. Like, what the... F- like, he just bent him over and simulated foot-bucking. Like... This <laughs> <laughs> like, think, think Hulk Hogan, Yeti, uh, Halloween Havoc, 1997. Or don't think that. Or no, I'm sorry, 95. Not, not 97. Yeah, that... Uh, good God, man. Wait, was it 95? Is that what I'm thinking of? It was 95, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, But China's walking backstage now when Eddie Guerrero tells her how much he wants to make her happy. China says that one of us is going to get lucky tonight. We then go to Val Venus, who's not quite in the right to censor yet, but he's not like the porn star bro anymore. He's just wearing like plain white, and he chopped his hair off. Yeah. But we go to him and Trish Stratus' locker room where Trish says that people want to see her in a centerfold more than China. I mean... Any techno lies. <laughs> Venus says that uh, no one cares about that. and It's all about the Intercontinental title tonight. 
Trish reminds Val that if not for her, he wouldn't even be the champion. Bro, his last name rhymes with penis, bro. I get it. God. Yeah, right. What if his name, like, what if his name was Pal Penis? <laughs> wow. You could do that. No? Anyway. I'll go no. We're reminded that Raw is War comes on at 11 p.m. instead of 9 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, I hadn't read the news first, so I thought it was for the damn dog show. The dog show is in February. Yeah, see, I, I always forgot about it. But this always pissed me off because at the time, uh, I usually, because I had school the next day, I'd go to bed at 10. So I'd, I'd catch the first hour of Raw and tape the second hour. And here, I had to tape both hours because it came on hella late. But, Are you allowed to use Hello? Uh, I have in the past, so I don't know. You're my get-out-of-jail-free card again. <laughs> I, I'll still never forget that NorCal versus SoCal video where the, the guy was like, don't you dare use the H-word on me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this match is Val Venus, who is the Intercontinental, Ty- er, Intercontinental Champion, uh, and Trish Stratus versus Eddie Guerrero in China. It is a mixed tag team match for the Intercontinental title, meaning whoever gets the pin gets the title. Right. I thought this was a Russoism, but, well, it's definitely that. But it's like, it's not just Russo anymore, because we've established he's been gone for a while. Gone forever, bro. I made this point before. It's like, if somebody rips a rank fart in the elevator and then it sticks around for the next few floors, that's what Russo is. <laughs> but this goes for seven minutes, 13 seconds. I will say this was a lot better than I expected. Uh, in the Not saying much because I expected complete garbage. In the end, China hits Trish with a gorilla press slam to win because, of course... Uncle Dave gave this dose stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two. It was okay. Eddie and Val kind of saved it. Uh, China was okay. Trish was still learning. But after the match, Eddie embraces China before the referee hands China the IC title. While Eddie puts the belt around her, Val Venus gets angry at Trish outside of the ring. We now get video from WWF New York the previous night. I remember this growing up. They'd always have to show us footage from WWF New York. I'll let you know that we there was a restaurant there. Yeah, right. We now go to Stephanie McMahon getting her makeup done, talking to the makeup woman about if Kurt Angle is good looking. Stephanie says that he's a good kisser. I don't care about any of this, man. I know it's like the angle leading into the main event. I just don't give a damn. And is it just me? uh, Soap opera crap. Yeah. And is it just me or does, you know, the world champion, The Rock, feel like a third wheel in this feud? It's like it's between Triple H and Kurt Angle and The Rock is just kind of there with the belt. Weird. But anyway. It's been a a lame ass feud that he's shoehorned him in for the title, I believe. Yep. And they had to add him in there because they're like, well, the belt's got to be on the line somewhere. So we'll just uh, cram the rock into this feud. Why? Uh, Reasons. Speaking of why reasons up next, it is Taz versus Jerry, the King Lawler. 
goes just under four and a half minutes. So and this is a barn burner. Oh yeah. Taz comes to the ring in sunglasses and a cowboy hat with you notice it's a black cowboy hat with like his 13 logo around his Yep. I thought that was great. <laughs> Freaking stupid, man. <laughs> like what the hell? But he's got the walk uh, walking stick and he's acting blind. I guess he's like mocking JR. Like, dude, he's like relentless on JR. Like, did JR like fornicate his like mess with his mother or something he insulted his son hook and said he'd never be a good wrestler yeah right it's like the way that like taz is going at jr so hard it's like dude like what happened man did you find him in bed with your mom like what what is going on here <laughs> <sighs> but anyway i'm never calling you dad <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> good grief you said that <laughs> i mean and uh, these two guys, by the way, are both in AEW now. So there you go. But uh, he, anyway, he comes out, he gets in JR's face. This is until King punches him. Part of the way through the match, Taz goes to talk trash to JR again for reasons. Ref gets bumped, and Taz locks in the Taz mission. Jim Ross gl- grabs a glass candy container and shatters it over Taz's head. Right. This because all the years of wrestling has always been a candy container just sitting there, right? <laughs> yep, this is real. This happened. The ref now wakes up to count the three for Lawler. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? We're back down to one star. Yeah. God. I feel like I was well, lying when I told people this would get better. <laughs> uh, just wait for the next couple matches. But... After this, Jim Ross says that he actually cut his hand from the glass and it made him bleed. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> oh, man. This is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, backstage, Lillian Garcia approaches Shane McMahon to ask about freaking Stephanie again, getting kissed by Kurt. Like, God, ask him about his match up next, man. Shane makes it clear. Oh, nobody have... cares about your match, bro. Yeah, it's all about this other storyline that's effed up, bro. But Shane makes it clear that he doesn't have time for this. And then Steve Blackman chases him while carrying a kendo stick and a trash can. <sighs> up next, it is Shane McMahon. It's a metaphor defending... for the match. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon is defending the hardcore title against Steve Blackman in about 10 minutes. I will say the offense in this one was kind of insane. Like Steve Blackman was fun to watch sometimes. Test and oh, Albert, yeah. uh, Test and Albert now, you know, TNA, a run in to team up with Blackman. Not Russo's. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here, people. But, <laughs> Did we mention this earlier that we occasionally say that? And <laughs> yeah, gotta throw it in there. But on the stage, Blackman ends up getting the upper hand and taking out Albert and Test. Uh, Shane climbs the scaffolding on uh, next to the stage, and Blackman follows him, smacking him with a Singapore cane while he climbs. Finally, they get to the top, and Blackman cracks Shane twice really hard in the back, and Shane drops straight back off the scaffolding through straight the stage. To hell. <laughs> yeah, right. You can go to hell. Straight hell. 
Uh, and the crowd goes wild for this. Bro, he died! Yay! But Blackman then does a diving elbow drop onto Shane and pins him to win. Yikes. Uh, a this was Dave. insane. Yeah. This is all worth it for that last spot. Uncle Dave gave it dose and a quarter. I gave it two and a half. What say you? For a hardcore match, I gave it three. It was fun. Uh, I could have done it without just, It just reminded me of when stuff like this was special. Can't lose his appeal yeah, when right. happens every damn week. Yeah, right. They'd set aside like certain matches for it. <laughs> it's like, this is the hardcore match, and this is probably one of the only times you're going to see weapons on this card. So, not every damn match. But, uh, yeah, it's back. By the way, it's back with a 24 7 title. Like, people actually gave a damn about it and wanted to see it. Just putting that out there. But a dude with a sick ass gray mullet helps load Shane onto a stretcher <laughs> before he's taken out. Did you see that guy? Hell yeah. That mullet was sweet. Anyway, Test and Albert go with uh, Shane to the back. That was it. I really could have done without Test and Albert here. It just why you want no TNA? Uh, not here. About to get some TNA here soon, but this is not the one I'm searching for. So now we go to Stephanie McMahon in her locker room, losing her mind over Shane. Kurt Angle comes in to check on her and hugs her. Mick Foley now comes in to tell Stephanie that Shane may have landed quote on his kisser, and they'd better go check on him. Ooh, he literally okay. landed on his back. Yeah, right. I'm like, isn't kisser the face? I don't know. Uh, I will say this, though. Screw McFoley here for wearing that Twins jersey. McFoley? You go screw yourself. It had made no sense. I mean, I'm in North Carolina. What the hell does that to do with Minnesota? Yeah, right. North Carolina doesn't really have any teams, though. Uh, I, I wonder how many miles outside of North Carolina the Twins play. But you now go to this match. It is Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit. It's a best two out of three falls match. It goes about 13 minutes. We get a jump start on this one. By the way, we're going to get like pretty much jump starts for the rest of the card <laughs> after this. But Jericho loses the first fall, tapping out to the crippler crossface. Jericho wins the second fall after Benoit taps out to the walls of Jericho. The final fall comes when Benoit rolls through with a pin and grabs the ropes to where the referee can't see, getting the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it three. Loved it. Really good. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I thought it was really good. So there's that. Uh, They've had a lot of great matches uh, between these two. We now see uh, Triple H entering the building, which is always exciting when you get to see a guy walking. And now we go to... (laughs) My God, Triple H, who, you know, is in the main event. We knew he was going to be here. He's here! (laughs) Which just means we're going to get more soap opera BS. Yay. What's up next? This match. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, my bad. I, I don't know what I was thinking me right but up next is most talked about match on this entire card amazing match it is edge and christian defending the wwf world tag team titles against the dudley boys and the hardy boys 
in a TLC match that goes just shy of 15 minutes. By the way, these are my favorite look for the WWF tag titles ever. I wish they bring those back. I know those looked so awesome. These are, like this was my favorite look ever. They changed them slightly from the early nineties, but not like huge. They pretty much looked the same. And I just thought they, they looked cool. They had a unique look to them, but we get a jump start when the Hardys run in and attack the Dudleys. Lita runs out at one point and shoves the ladder over with edge and Christian on top. Matt ends up getting shoved off the top of the ladder through two tables outside by Devon, and then Lita eats a spear by Edge. Her head may or may not have cracked that ladder on the floor when she went down. I, I still this they can't tell. Yeah, right. It looks like it missed it, but she's like holding her head, so I don't know. Uh, it may just because been because of how she hit, but I don't know. Uh, Devon and Jeff now climb up and hang from the titles. Devon falls first, and then ENC knock Edge, or excuse me, knock Jeff down with one of the ladders. After this, Edge and Christian both climb a ladder together to pull the tag titles down to win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. I gave it five. Let's say you. Yeah, I gave it five as well. Ironically, not as good as WrestleMania 17, but close. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of the shining lights on WrestleMania 17, by the way. But we now go backstage with Triple H going off on Stephanie about her kissing Kurt on SmackDown. You notice, by the way, that the Hardys lost in their hometown? Oh, man, they should have threatened to quit the company. How <laughs> dare they? Actually, I think they're, they're from... Wait, well, I should say home state. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell? Is it North Carolina that they're from? Okay. I believe so. I, I, could, I always get the Carolinas confused. <laughs> South Carolina is the one with the beach. But... Stephanie McMahon said that she was out of it on SmackDown and Kurt took advantage of her. Triple H says that after tonight, Kurt Angle will be out of their lives forever. Stephanie reassures Triple H that he's the only man for her. Sure. How many of these feuds did we have, by the way, where it's like Stephanie was like too many back? Yeah, it's like she was backing up Jericho. She's backing up Kurt. She's backing up Triple H. Like, ugh. Anyway, up next. This effing match. It is. Oh, dare the, you. <laughs> it is the cat with Al Snow versus Terry with Perry Saturn in a thong stink face match. Yep. This is a real match. Right. <laughs> yeah, this goes about three minutes, six seconds. So the cat is barely wearing anything. Terry comes out in strips, but Perry Saturn comes out to cover her up with a towel. Saturn tries carrying Terry off to safety at one point, but Al Snow clocks him and tosses Terry back in the ring. Uh, this mostly consists of the cat shoving Terry all around the ring. She hits a Bronco Buster on Terry at one point, and then Al Snow, for some reason unbeknownst to me, distracts the ref so that Saturn can shove the cat away from a potential stink face. Terry gets kicked off of a stink face attempt and headbutts the ref in the junk. This allows a cat to blast her with Al Snow's head. Real sense. Give her the stink face and win. Uncle Dave gave this a dud. The visuals alone, I gave it a star. What would uh, you give it? A whole star. <sighs> yeah, this sucked. No. Yeah. 
<sighs> Either way, at uh, like, what the hell was this doing on pay per view, man? Was this really something you needed to pay for? Well, there's some pros that would. Yeah. Bro. Not Russo. Yeah, right. Yeah, this drew the house, man. All 18,000. <laughs> Rumor is uh, they got some big bonuses after this. Oh, they got some big something. Uh, Perry Saturn now carries Terry away as Cat sits on Al Snow's shoulders to celebrate. He then spins her into the powerbomb position to celebrate some more. Good God in heaven, man. <laughs> Again, not Russo. <laughs> right. Uh. Uh. We now get a view from WWF New York where the APA are stealing booze. That's <laughs> uh. well, not a friendly tavern, but. Yeah, right. Uh, up next, it is The Undertaker versus Kane, technically in six and a half minutes. I say technically, well, I'll get to it here in a second, but we get a jump start as The Undertaker jumps Kane in the aisleway. The Undertaker actually purposely rips off a piece of Kane's mask during the match. I think Kane bleeds at one point, I couldn't tell. In the end, we get a good look at Kane's face as The Undertaker completely ripped his mask off. And Kane doesn't hide his face very well at all. Kane takes off and commentary points out that a bell never rang. So this wasn't even technically a match. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it a star and a half for what the hell it was. Did you rate it? I gave it one. I didn't realize it wasn't a match until the end. Right. Because they... I know at one point they were like, have we even heard a bell? And then after that, I kind of just lost track. But then at the very end, they're like, well, so we got a, a jump start and an afterbirth, despite there being no match. Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> I just like yeah, how the camera. Got a, I got a Mattel figure of this Undertaker. came with Kane's mask. Nice. Uh, I, I love how like the camera just like gave no F's and they like didn't even try to not film his face, by the way. Like anybody who watched this pay-per-view, you knew what the hell Kane looked like. <laughs> he looked like my old dentist. Like what? He looked like my old dentist. Oh God. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure you were gonna get that. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. But anyway, Kurt Angle makes a call from his locker room, and we see Stephanie McMahon get a call while watching Triple H get ready for his match. She answers and pretends that it's her mom. When Triple H asks to to speak to her, Kurt hangs up the phone. That was clever. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, that thing takes us to our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the main event right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go here. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah well... 
What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. Before we get to the main event, Kurt Angle comes out and grabs a microphone, says that a lot of people want him to apologize for kissing Stephanie McMahon on SmackDown. Angle says that he only apologizes for not doing it sooner. He says that he gave his all to this country in the Olympic Games, and he gave Triple H's wife the kind of passion that Triple H never could give her. <laughs> Good God. Uh, no. And then years later, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Anyway, uh, it's all kinds of bad. Yeah, Uh, I think it worked out for Kurt. Have you seen his current wife? All kinds of roll tide. This next one, and she's Italian, so I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, if people are into that sort of thing, but I am. Well, it's garbage. Right. Hey, you like Diana Perrazzo, so you get it. No, I don't. I wish. Uh, never mind. The main event is, is for the <laughs> WWF World Heavyweight title. It's The Rock defending against Kurt Angle and Triple H in a triple threat match. It goes for 20 minutes, 9 seconds. We get a jump start again. Sure, we'll call this a triple threat match. Yeah. We get a jump start before The Rock even comes out as Triple H charges out and goes after Angle. I like how The Rock this, was just like, this is, whatever. This is actually a jump start that made sense. Yeah, right. But my question is, the bell didn't ring until The Rock got in the ring. Uh, why didn't The Rock, like a smart man, wait until they just, like, basically killed each other and then came out and picked up the scraps? Well, keep going. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Well, Triple H attempts to uh, pedigree Kurt through the Spanish announce table, and it busts before Triple H can jump, and Kurt cracks his face right on the table, knocking him goofy. That is a legit concussion, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if it's okay or not to play. In the face! In the face! <laughs> He's okay, bit. so we, we can joke about it. He didn't die or anything, so. But, anyway. Uh, just the momentum of this match died. <laughs> yeah, a bit. But, uh... Anyway, uh, Triple H pulls the sledgehammer out right as the Rock's music hits and the babies hit the roof. I think he was just a little bit over, Greg. Just a tad. Kurt has to sit on the side and get checked out by the EMTs. Kurt's being stretchered away, but Triple H stops it and wheels Kurt back down the aisle to beat on him some more. Stephanie McMahon ends up coming down to check on Kurt and leaves with him before coming back out to ringside for Triple H. She takes the WWF title and goes to hit The Rock, but accidentally hits Triple H with it. Who could have foreseen? Blast him in the face. Yeah, you know where she hit him, Greg? In the face! 
<laughs> but The Rock attempts to hit her. Triple H saves her and demands that she go to the back. To the back! To the back! In the back, we see Stephanie begging Kurt to go back to the ring to help Hunter. And Kurt says that he'll do it for her. Why the F would he go to help her, or help uh, Triple H, when he's in the match and has the potential to win the world title himself? This is all kinds of stupid. Well, we're using logic. Yeah. We later see Stephanie walking that into tends the to ring. present a problem in anything. Logic. <laughs> right. Stephanie walks Angle to the ring. Triple H hits a pedigree on the rock after Kurt tripped the rock and then pulls Triple H off the cover. But when he pins the rock, he only gets a near fall. Triple H gets Stephanie to get the sledgehammer, but Kurt intercepts it. When uh, Triple H goes to clothesline Kurt, Kurt ducks, and Triple H wipes out Stephanie. Kurt blasts Triple H with the sledgehammer and gets a two-count when The Rock pulls him off and throws him out of the ring. The Rock finally hits the people's elbow on Triple H for the pinfall win. The goofiest finisher in all of wrestling. Uncle Dave gave this... (laughs) Three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. There was a lot of shit going on. What say you? I gave it three only because I know that everything had to be changed because of what happened to Kurt. Yeah. And you know what, man? Kurt went out there and soldiered through it, man. Like, good grief. This, I gotta I gotta say, would never happen today. Ever. Oh, no. You think they would have let him go, go back out there just not even a slight chance of that. <sighs> Either way. Uh, the Rock celebrates his win for the crowd as Kurt Angle carries the unconscious Stephanie to the back, Hulk Hogan, Miss Elizabeth style. Only this time, Kurt does have lust in his eyes. So that does it. Like, even the Rock celebration is overshadowed by, let's look at Kurt and Stephanie. Like, uh, <laughs> it's true. World champ. Up on the, uh, you know, the, the champ is up on the stage, man. Yeah, and we got all this going on down here. Yeah, right. So, yeah, who cares about that? We got this drama over here. Good God, lick a butt, man. What? Uh, that bring. <laughs> you heard me. I stand by what I said. Yeah. We get to the end of this show now. Uh, on the other end of our final break, it's final ratings time, and we'll tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, 
also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gave this 7.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.72 out of 10. I2 gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Or C, C plus. What say you? Solid C plus. Yeah, the main event was goofy, but it was pretty decent. The Undertaker-Kane match was a mess because it just never got started. TLC was awesome. Jericho-Benoit was awesome. And the hardcore title match was fun to watch. So, I guess the as far as mixed tag matches go, the one for the IC title was, was decent. Everything else on the card was just... Bleh. Yeah, there were, a few, there were a few really big clunkers. Yeah, right. The, the like the first third of the card was just like crap. Like whenever you start off with right to censor, you know it's it's got to be a banger, man. Well, hell yeah. <sighs> and Road Road Dog versus X Pac, I'm shocked wasn't better than what it was. It was like it was okay. It was just like barely okay. I don't know. I, I I'm disappointed in that one. That does it for that, man. Next week, it's double main event week already. It's uh, the second to last week of August. So we're bringing you dose shows for the price of one. And the price of one is free. So you get two free shows. Double in your... Well, you want to pay us for it. Yeah, then by all means, I'll set up a, a you know a, an account to send money here. I'll, I'll, I'll set up a Venmo. How about that? Be like those uh, those girls on their uh, bachelorette party or whatever that use that uh, window chalk and it's like Venmo me to buy me a drink or whatever. It's like <laughs> you know how many of those like, I saw uh, on my trip on a trip to Vegas. What? You know how many of those I saw on a trip to Vegas? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I I can imagine. It's like why why would I just buy you a drink? Like you're basically panhandling on the highway. Like no thanks. Like, I don't know you, and you doing that makes me think I don't want to. Am I being too harsh here? (laughs) Just a tad. Yeah, well, all of you can go F yourself. Anyway, next week, uh, our first show of the week, we're bringing you another Ring of Honor show. This one's more current from the year 2017. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor 15. I have not watched this yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good one. Yeah, should be a good show. Cody is in the main event, taking on uh, Mitsuharu Mizawa for the ROH title. 
Cody had a an interesting run as a Ring of Honor champion. I'll say that. So that's the main event there. Yeah. Uh, and the bonus show next week, next Friday, from 2018, a year later, we're bringing you NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. What I is, was there. Uh, I was there. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, what is that? Uh, Sace? Is that 4? Mm, yeah. Or no, wait, no. Uno, Dos, Trace, Quattro. Uh, that's it. Quattro. Oh, Sace is 6. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, I don't uh, use Spanish, bro. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? You don't even know four. This is yeah, NXT take- grave. <laughs> this is NXT Takeover Brooklyn Quattro. So for all the uh, Puerto Rican listeners from Brooklyn out there, that should be fun. Uh, the main event is uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Raslin going head to head for the NXT title. And then next week, next, or I'm sorry, two weeks from now, August 30th, we're wrapping up the month with a third and final SummerSlam of the year, SummerSlam 2014. That one is technically not where the name started, but this is the first time we really got to see Suplex City in action. Brock Lesnar, bitch. (laughs) Brock Lesnar, just speaking of bitch, he made John Cena his. Just wow, ate his ass up and not in the way that Nicki Minaj raps about. Good Lord. (laughs) That is coming up for the rest of the month. And uh, that does it for us today. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. It was fun. Yeah, this was definitely an interesting show. Getting to reflect back at the death of WCW and all that. So, yeah. All right. We'll see you all next week for Double Main Event Week. Hitting you with Ghost Shows, it's Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor 15, and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4.